So most school shootings um, happen, uh, and with the exception of Sandy Hook, which we all live through here, uh, most of them have a kind of finite lifespan, uh, probably m- shorter and more finite than they ever should. Um, Parkland uh, is proving to be a very, very different breed of school shooting. The story's going on and on. And as it goes on, um, there have been a number of sub-stories to it, uh, and some of them have involved just falsehoods that have been circulated about various major players in this story and especially within the student response to this story. So um, there are are several elite fact-checking organizations uh, in this world, uh, or at least in this country, uh, also in this world. Fact-checking is now like this worldwide activity. Um, You know, every continent now has fact-checking organizations. It's a different story. Um, Joining us right now is Saranac Hale Spencer, a staff writer for factcheck.org. That's the one that's run by Annenberg. Um, it's the easiest to remember because they don't use Pinocchio noses and they don't use pants on fire. They don't use little gimmicky bells and whistle stuff. They just uh, check the facts and, and, and tell you uh, what they found. So first of all, welcome very much to our show. And I hope that I pronounced your name correctly. You did. And, and thanks very much for having me, Colin. So you looked at a bunch of the stories that were floating around out there. And, and they really did start kind of in the middle of last week. Uh, one of the first ones uh, was that David Hogg, uh, who was a very active member of the Parkland student community. He's the guy who was interviewing students even during uh, the crisis itself, uh, that that he was not who he purported to be, uh, that he was a 26-year-old felon from California, or there are all kinds of different uh, things being circulated about this young man. Um, I, I, obviously, these things are not true. I don't know what else you want to say uh, about what you found. Right. Yeah. I mean, David Hogg did. He's sort of at the eye of the storm for these uh, conspiracy theories that have been circulating online um, since he and a group of other um, Parkland area uh, high school students have have become pretty vocal about changing gun laws. Um, Yeah. You know, conspiracy theorists have have sort of seized on he was last summer um, in California um, on summer vacation and um, had had taken a video at the beach with a friend having an interaction with a lifeguard um, about a boogie board that got picked up by local news. Um, And uh, yeah, the Internet sort of seized on that clip as evidence that he's uh, not actually a high school student in Florida. You know, people became very suspicious of the fact that I guess a, a high school student could travel to a different state over summer vacation. So, one of the other terms that uh, people see surfacing here, and it's not a new term, uh, is crisis actor. It, it actually has a real life, real specific meaning, which we can talk about. But uh, within the world of conspiracy theories on the internet, it's people who are hired to impersonate actual life players in these situations for the purpose of misleading the public. There are even claims made that uh, they can spot somebody who was used in that way during the Sandy Hook story now appearing uh, in the Parkland version of this story. Um, what can you tell us about crisis actors? Yeah, so crisis actors, that's a term that has um, really become very popular among conspiracy theorists recently and actually was first used in the wake of Sandy Hook. That's sort of where the term evolved um, from uh, within conspiracy theory uh, circles. Uh, Motherboard actually did a, a really good article tracing the origins of um, of the term. And uh, yeah, the, uh, an organization in Colorado, uh, Vision Box, had introduced this idea of crisis actors to help 
uh, first responders prepare for emergency situations like mass shootings or, you know, any any number of accidents or um, emergencies. And so like actors to, you know, help firefighters, um, EMTs, you know, emergency responders uh, practice in the event of you know, a, a major crisis. But um, following Sandy Hook um, with with a number of conspiracy theories coming out um, after that shooting, they sort of shifted that term to mean, um, you know, people who travel from crisis to crisis sort of pretending to have witnessed, um, you know, whatever the event was, but they're, you know, in fact paid actors which doesn't exist that's not an, uh, that's not a thing that actually happens in the world there there is no such thing as as a crisis actor um well I, I th- you know I, I think um uh i should say that i i have been teaching courses in recent years in which we teach the work that that you do and, and the other fact checkers do and i think one of the things that begins to sink in uh, with me and my students when we look at this is that you know in i mean this what you do became more and more necessary as media and communication became more and more digital and can flow more freely. I mean, it's it's great that you can do this. And when you do this, I, I think a certain amount of people may be set straight about it. But you must feel also like you're trying to fight a br- brush fire with about three fire extinguishers, right? They just <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 No, that's exactly right. I mean, because the amount of time it takes to create these you know, fictional stories is much shorter than the time it takes to debunk them. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) it's, you know, they do, they just, they keep evolving. um, And yeah, fighting them off is just, um, I mean, there's, there's no way to do it at the speed that they're created. Um, And especially with, you know, social media is sort of this aggregating force in um, spreading them. Uh, You know, I mean, these, these, falsehoods just show up in people's Facebook feeds, you know, in Twitter, uh, you know, it's just sort of coming at people in all directions all the time. Um, Right. So at times it seems as though whoever creates these things may be creating them as rabbit holes to kind of just chew up the time uh, of of fact checkers and conventional reporters who have to like run around just making sure that they can establish the reality um, uh, as opposed to the unreality of these claims. Like, I, I don't know what other motive there would be for suddenly asserting that Nicholas Cruz, uh, the shooter uh, in Parkland, was a registered Democrat. Um, first of all, you had to fact check that. What'd you find out? Right. I mean, yeah. So as as far as the motivation for this stuff, it's hard to, you know, I, I mean, I think there are, you know, a, a few different sort of, you know, motivations that, that contribute to the, to this, you know, whatever this is, spreading of <laughs> falsehoods. Um, yeah. the The claim that Nicholas Cruz was a Democrat that I mean, that sort of falls into this narrative that's been circulating for years now um, and was actually just recently sort of touched upon by Claudia Tenney, a, you know, a congresswoman from upstate New York who, you know, referenced this um, also in a radio show, you know, saying that it's, you know, Democrats are more likely to be mass shooters um, you know, so it it sort of feeds into this already existing narrative, um, and you know, 
exploits that and then gets picked up and shared on social media and then it's you know it's all over the place but yeah um i so that was one that i checked out and in fact according to um you know records from the florida department of state nicholas cruz is not a registered voter not a registered democrat not registered in any political party um, last one. Uh, this was one that kind of sprung up over the weekend, and it was it almost seemed to be designed uh, to be something that would be so incredibly complicated and uh, as to require um, huge amounts of, of fact checking. Um, it reminds me of during the campaign when it was suddenly alleged that it was the Hillary Clinton campaign that had originated the birther uh, story. I mean, we spent like, I don't know, all of us who were covering the campaign spent four or five days going down that rabbit hole, just making sure that we could establish this. This was a complicated one because it, it actually involved one of the people with um, kind of a first person role in the story. And that is a uh, young man named Colton Hobb. I think I'm saying his name correctly, mm-hmm. uh, who, who claimed basically that he was not allowed to say at a CNN town hall forum the thing that he wanted to say that um, and one of the one of the key tripwire words in, in all of this stuff has been scripted that he was being asked to say something scripted and in some of this deception some of this well actually we should just talk this through a little bit more um, so uh, basically the, what, what what it took to kind of get to the truth of this is to come up with some emails that went I guess back and forth between CNN and this young man's family Right. Between Colton Hobb and his father, Glenn Hobb, and the um, you know producer for the CNN uh, town hall that took place, I guess it was last Wednesday. Um, yeah. So Colton Hobb had submitted several you know questions that he was interested in in asking during the town hall um, and the emails that were later produced by uh, CNN um, later in the week on Friday, I believe it was. Um, you know, show a back and forth uh, between the producer and Colton Hobb, and then later his father, Glenn, joins in. Um, but, yeah, the you know, the question was about whether or not um, this, the Florida senators would consider um, proposing legislation or, or, you know, encouraging the idea of having teachers uh, be armed in schools in order to, um, you know, respond to school shooting situations um, became a little complicated when his his father had suggested a longer sort of speech that he he would give during the town hall in order to give you know context to his question the producer said no that's just too long you know we want to be able to get to as many questions as possible let's just stick to the initial question that he had submitted um, Right. And so here's where context becomes very important, because if you just see one email in isolation, you see the CNN producer saying, um, you know, that that would be too long. We need to get as many people on as possible. Um, This is what uh, Colton and I discussed on the phone. He needs to stick to this. And then in bold face, you know, there's a pretty simple two or three sentence uh, question, which uh, which if you don't know that he submitted that question as one of the possible things that he could say, it, it does. I mean, if you just pull that out in isolation, it might look as though CNN were saying, here's a question we want you to ask that we wrote. Um, and and I, I think one thing that you're, we're going to see as a result of this kind of stuff is people, people who do jobs like the one that my producer, Jonathan, whom you dealt with today, do, they're going to become have to become even more careful about how they talk to people. You, you just can't assume that if you're honest and have good intentions that you're not going to fall into some kind of trap. 
Right, right. I mean, yeah, and this this has become awfully complex and gets to a level of minutia about planning these things that I don't think anybody really wants to know that much about. But um, uh, th- I guess the, the issue came in that following the town hall, which Colton Hobb didn't end up participating in, um, he and his family had, had given to, I think it was Fox News and Huffington Post, copies of what they said were the emails between themselves and CNN. And they had taken out you know, the, the section that said it was a question that he had initially submitted himself. Um, and so then, you know, asked about that, CNN produced, you know, their version of the emails that included this. I mean, it, it just, it, it really does create um, just a huge distraction from any, you know, significant or meaningful discussion, you know, getting into the minutia of Right. And if you, you know, despite your best efforts at factcheck.org, uh, you know, if you look on Twitter right now, there are, first of all, of course, the president unhelpfully uh, threw logs on this particular fire. Uh, and, and if you look on Twitter right now, there are all these like um, ways in which conservatives and, and gun uh, ownership zealots are now contrasting Hobb and David Hogg, who we talked about before, and pitting them against one another. Uh, and I, it is it is a, a bunch, a big blob of toothpaste that you will never ever get back in the tube, uh, no matter how hard you work on it at factcheck.org. But uh, I first of all want to say, Saranac, uh, Hale Spencer, you do find work. Factcheck.org is terrific. Uh, We really appreciate the fact that you're taking this stuff as seriously as you do. And thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks so much.